guys, listen to me. Hey, listen, we're gonna tell the Christmas story to a whole bunch of people who are watching right out there. Can you, can you guys wave hi to them? Can you wave hi? Wave hi to the camera. Can you wave hi? All right, I wanna ask you a couple of questions. How many of you, raise your hand if you love Papa. Can you raise your hand if you love Papa? Okay, I'm that's, not raising my hand. Why are you not raising your hand? Because I don't like Gamecocks. You don't like Gamecocks? You know, Papa likes Gamecocks. Okay, all right. So, I want to ask a couple of questions first. Rai Rai, what is Christmas all about? Hmm, do you know? Huh? Santa Claus? That's close, yeah. Sadie, do you know what Christmas is about? What, what? Jesus. It's about Jesus. What about Jesus? Jesus' birth. Is it Jesus' birth? Jesus' birth, yeah. Good, that's great. Well, I tell you what, I'm gonna read this story. Hey, Greta Kate, are you reading a story? What story are you reading? Dora. Dora. Would you rather read the Christmas story or Dora? Well, I think we'll read the Christmas story this time, okay? Let's read. Okay, I'm going to read. Listen, and we'll ask some questions. In those days, in the Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Corinus was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David because he belonged to the house and the line of David. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. And she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. And what was his name? Jesus! That's right. And she wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a what did she place him in? Manger. A manger. Really? What What was a manger? It Baby. was a thing that animals drink out of because there was no room in uh, um, at Bethlehem. That's right, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the field nearby, yeah. keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. You ever been terrified? Yes. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Sutherland, look, it help me read. I bring you good news that will cause great joy. How about some joy? Great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God. Can you guys say glory to God together? Glory, glory to God. In the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those whom his favor rests. Isn't that a good story, guys? Yes. Yeah. Do you like the story of baby Jesus? Are you ready to come back, Sutherland? Do you have a happy heart now? Good.
I think we're done. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That was a tough crowd, can I tell you? You guys are easy. I'm looking forward to this. Somebody asked me, how many takes did that take? We didn't script anything. That was one take. I told our camera people, follow me around with a couple of cameras. Something will break out. I will guarantee you that. But uh, Merry Christmas, you guys. I want to uh, welcome those of you who are joining us right now uh, from an off-site campus or in the chapel, the warehouse, um, on the Internet, wherever you happen to be. I want to say to you, Merry Christmas also. I think I probably need to apologize first before I do anything else. And you say, well, what do you, what do you need to apologize for? Well, honestly, I didn't do much message prep this week. Uh, what with the Mayan calendar and all, we were <laughs> kind of banking on the world to end, you know. I mean, who knew? Who knew? I mean, Twinkies went away this year, you know, just like that. We thought maybe it would be the end of the world. Well, not actually. But So here we are at our, um, at our Christmas Eve service and... Uh, we're just excited that you guys are here. Let, 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 me, let me do one commercial before I talk about what, what I want to talk about, and that's this. Uh, we are um, going to start a new series two weeks from this weekend uh, called Breakthrough. And we're going to, it's going to be three weeks, and we're going to be talking not about three things, but one thing, one thing. What's the one thing that you could do this year that would bring spiritual breakthrough for you. How many of you could use spiritual breakthrough in 2013? Well, we're going to be talking about that. Love to have you be a part of that. And that's going to be uh, two weeks from, from now, first series of the year. Now, let me talk to you about gifts. How many of you had um, at least one person that you had a hard time buying a gift for? Not, not because you didn't like them. That may have been the case. But it's just settling on the right gift. Just getting the right thing. Anybody have struggles with that this year? I always have some struggles with it. Well, um, somebody on our staff uh, gave me a link just a couple of weeks ago to an article that appeared in the Wall Street Journal, and it was called The Science Behind Gifting. I bet you didn't know there was a science behind gifting, but apparently people study that stuff. And um, let, let me give you a few of the points, but before I do, let me ask you a couple of questions. How many of you, let's be honest, real honest, okay, Santa's watching, we're going to be honest right here. How many of you re-gifted at least one gift this year? One gift, one gift, okay? All right, this group over here is not real honest. Here's, here's why I know that. Here's why I know that is because the article said that uh, 25% of us will re-gift something this Christmas, 25%. And that 78% of us actually think that's fine. In fact, they went on and they made the point that you shouldn't feel guilty about it because your Aunt Margaret that gave you the crock pot last year, remember that? She doesn't care. She doesn't really care unless you would re-gift it back to her absentmindedly. That's probably not a good thing. But if you re-gift something, and, and they talked about that a little bit. Anybody um, really struggle with getting a thoughtful gift? You know, I wanna, don't want to just do the normal stuff. I want to give something really, really thoughtful. You struggle with that. Well, apparently you don't need to. Because, here, here's what the article said. It said, thoughtful gifts don't necessarily lead to greater appreciation, according to the study. The benefit of a thoughtful gift actually accrues mainly to the giver who derives a feeling of closeness to the other person. So I'm reading through this. I'm going, okay, so what's the science? What, what should I be doing? What should I look for? They said uh, this. They said, the secret to being a good gift giver 
is to give them what they want. <laughs> okay. People are more appreciative when they receive a gift that they explicitly requested. So apparently it turns out that it's not the thought that counts. It's really the gift that counts. Okay. So I, I hope that helps some of you. But what we're doing this weekend, or actually Christmas Eve, is we're concluding a series that we've been in for the last four weeks called 100,000 Gifts. And we've just had a blast with it. It's been so much fun. Started out uh, looking at the idea, a, a story from Bethlehem that really isn't normally included in the Christmas story. Um, it's the story of Ruth and Boaz and Naomi. And the fact that they gave each other extraordinary gifts of kindness. In fact, the word for kindness is interpreted above and beyond kindness. And so what, and, and it literally changed their story, changed each person's story. So I challenged you as a church to um, go above and beyond in kindness in our community. In fact, the goal is 100,000 acts of kindness, gifts of kindness that could change somebody's story. And it's been incredible. I mean, we, we've averaged 1,000 acts of kindness a day that have been recorded uh, all the way from opening a door, sending a letter, three cars have been given away, uh, just un unbelievable stuff. And there's a buzz going on in the city as a, as a result of it, and it's been, been a lot of fun. Well, tonight, what I want to talk about is uh, God's gift giving to us. You know, what's amazing is uh, he acts with extraordinary above and beyond kindness, and he also knows the exact gift that we need. That would be helpful. And in a lot of our circumstances, you, you probably would agree with this, that sometimes you didn't even know that the thing that you craved and you wanted was what he had for you. But after receiving it and unwrapping it, you go, this is it. This is what was lacking in my life. And so what I want to do is, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, it's going to be a real simple message. How many of you know simple and easy to apply are not the same thing? Very, very simple message. I want to talk about the gift of Jesus, and within Jesus, what are the gifts that he gives to us this Christmas? Same gifts that he gave 2,000 years ago. Let's just dive in, take a look at it. The first one is the gift of joy. Uh, in Jesus, God gives us the gift of of joy. I'd like to read a passage of that scripture that I had such a hard time getting through with my kids. You guys are hopefully easier listeners. But Luke chapter 2 and verse 8 says this. That night there were shepherds staying in the fields nearby guarding their flocks of sheep. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared among them and the radiance of the Lord's glory surrounded them. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. Now understand, this is the first announcement of Jesus. I mean, Mary knew, Joseph knew, some of their family knew, but this is the first public announcement. The angels came and they said, I want to bring you good news that will be great joy to all people. He said, initially, Jesus is going to bring joy, and he did bring joy, and he still continues to bring joy. It was fun in this series, uh, doing acts of kindness, and then 
Last weekend, uh, we said, let's do something really crazy. Let's just give the offering away. And I want to show you some of the resulting joy of that in our city and around the world. Take a look at this. A few weeks ago, when I was studying for this series, I felt like I had a prompting from God that wouldn't go away. That on this weekend, God was telling us that Seacoast Church was going to give the entire offering away. The entire, we're giving everything, everything away that comes in this weekend. Go ahead and get, that's kind of cool. That's kind of exciting. Let me tell you what we want to do. We took an offering yesterday, and uh, we want to give your ministry $5,000. You think that would help? Oh, my God. oh gosh. I, uh. is, that a, is that a yes or a no? Do you think you're going to accept that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Phil, strange. D tell them, would you mind telling them uh, how much we're going to give? I'd love to, and uh, Stacy, just want to tell you, uh, we really love what you're doing. We've got some teams that, that help out over there, but we've got um, a check for $10,000. Oh, my goodness. For the Palmetto House. So uh, just want you to know we just love what you're doing and appreciate it so much. Well, that is awesome. Um, week before Christmas, that, that's going to make a lot of people um, get through the holidays a lot easier. I really appreciate that. Listen, we're so grateful and thankful and blown away by your obedience to walk out what you feel called to that we want to support that and give you a check for $15,000 to help. <laughs> what you think about that? And we understand that you had a need of $5,000 for an urban farm, is that right? Yep, that's right. Well, we're going to pay for that. It, That's awesome! But we're going to pay for more. Uh, we also understand that if we gave some money, uh, somebody would match it and buy you a van, and so we're going to do that. And we also want, and we also want to pick up one scholarship uh, for uh, somebody for your program. So how's that sound? Hey, Seacoast loves people with special needs. Seacoast loves people with special needs. You're absolutely right. Um, the tent yes. and the, uh, the the bounce house, the big inflatable for the kids. Yes. We've uh -huh. got both of those needs covered for you, and we'd like to present them to your ministry. <laughs> Praise, <laughs> Praise God. Josh, you want to tell them, do you remember what we're doing? Yes, dude, we, I just love you, Todd, and um, just the church was generous this weekend, and we wanted to bless you guys with a check for $8,000. Uh, this is for River Church and to support you and, and what you're doing. So, uh, you guys are amazing, man. You guys are amazing. Well, wow. you guys are. You, let me just tell you, you interrupted a budget meeting where we're looking at our facilities, going, can we afford it next year? Given just, you know, the effects of making disciples and trying to hit fourth quarter budget, and that's the meeting I just stepped out with a couple of our lead staff. So, wow. <laughs> wow. Well, hopefully, you guys are, uh, you guys are awesome. We are very excited about our partnership with uh, you in Haiti. 
in uh, providing shelter and water and spiritual needs for um, a very special group of people. We want to send you guys uh, $50,000 to help uh, complete that project out of our offering this weekend. And I just want to bless you guys and give you that, uh, that Christmas present. That is unbelievable. Wow. That is incredible. We want to fund that. We want to give you $18,000, which will allow you guys to continue to plant churches in 2013 and raise leaders and missionaries. And uh, we're just so excited about um, partnering with you guys again on that. Wow. Wow. That's great news. <laughs> I can't imagine. Do you think that'll be okay? Oh, God, it's so wonderful. We are really grateful. So uh, we want to send you um, $40,000 uh, immediately, and then uh, over the next few years, we'll continue to partner with you on that. There you go. Thank you. Does that sound good? Oh, excellent. You, you, you gave me a good Christmas present. <laughs> I am so excited to be able to present this check for $5,000 to United Ministries of Clarendon County. Y'all just do so much to show God's love to the people of this community, and you really and truly make a difference. Oh, you are kidding. You guys, kind of too big for Starbucks. I can probably pull it up. Thank you so much. Dude, completely caught on I love my job. This has been fun, and uh, I, I just want to say I love being your pastor. Uh, you guys are, you know, it sounds trite, but I really believe this. You're, you're some of the most generous people uh, on the planet, and so, uh, hey, how about we do this again sometime? Watch this. Wow. <laughs> you guys last weekend gave half a million dollars. Now, when we saw it was half a million dollars, we said, God, did you say all of that or can we keep some of that? We gave it all away. And, and there was great joy in the city and around the world. And I believe it will be multiplied because we picked our partners as those who, who I think are, are those who will multiply the blessing. And so uh, in Jesus, God gave us the gift of joy. Second gift is this, the gift of peace. Right after announcing uh, to the shepherds that joy had come to earth in the form of a baby in Bethlehem, the angel was joined by some other angels, and there was an angel choir, and they said this, glory to God in the highest, and on earth, peace. Goodwill toward men. First there's joy, and then Jesus came to bring peace. Could you use more peace in your life? Anybody here from time to time? Yeah, I know I could. What kind of peace? Well, how about comforting peace? Times when you just, there's an unsettled feeling and you need a sense of comfort. Jesus in John chapter 14 is coming to the end of his ministry and at least here on earth, and he sits down with his friends, the disciples, and he teaches them 
kind of the last things, very, very important things. He teaches them about prayer. He talks to them extensively about loving one another, how important that's going to be. And then, he, and then he says this in verse 27. He says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I, I just kind of get this feeling he could tell there's some unsettledness here. Where, where is this going? What's going to happen to us? He says, my peace I give to you. I don't give uh, to you as the world would give. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. Have you ever been in a situation where maybe you got some news or something happened and there certainly was some unsettledness going on in your, in your heart and you see somebody else that seems to kind of glide through a little bit better than you do and you, you kind of think, I wish I could borrow your peace I don't feel much myself. I wish I could borrow. Well, that's exactly what Jesus is saying. He's saying, you know what? When you feel unpeaceful, when there's stress, when there's worry, when there's just all the stuff that is kind of in your daily life and then those added surprises, he said, borrow mine. He said, I will give you peace. In fact, in Philippians chapter 4, it says that we can experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. That's a sense of peace that doesn't make sense. Have you ever had that? We see that a lot uh, in, um, in especially uh, grieving situations and with grieving families. Part of the money uh, that we raised this week, uh, we, we sent just a little bit of, of it to um, Connecticut where the shootings were. We're, we've been in contact with churches there and some of it helped to pay for funerals and hopefully will help to pay for some counseling that needs to, to be ongoing. And as we spoke to pastors, we got the same sense that we've had over the years that sometimes you'll have a grieving family that is just in the midst of their sorrow, sorrow that's unexplainable. And they'll say, we hurt more than what we can say. But at the same time, there is just a sense of God's presence. And somehow we know that God is good. You know what that is? That's peace that doesn't make any sense. It's the peace of God. You say, well, I, I, I could use some of that. Some of you could. Some of you need that comforting peace tonight. It's the first Christmas since the move or the loss or the divorce or the bankruptcy. How do you find that kind of peace? You ask God for it. In fact, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 6, which is the verse just before the one we just read, it says this, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Anybody in here good at worrying? Anybody at all? Yeah. And it's just the natural default. You don't have to feel guilty about that. But I think one of the things that he's saying is he's saying when you feel the sense of worry, when the stress comes, when the, the, the worry makes it to where you can't think about anything else, he said remember that you have a choice in those moments. That you can either continue to worry or you can pray, but you can't do both at the same time. He said, instead of worrying, why don't you try prayer? And when you pray, it says this. Tell God what you need and thank him in advance for what he has done. In just a few minutes, we're going to have a time of response like we do every weekend here. And maybe for you, maybe there's a sense of unsettledness or worry or stress. 
And maybe the response for you is to go to a candle. We've got them in just about all of the auditoriums where you're gathered right now. And this one, they're on either side. And go and light a candle. And as you do, just whisper something like this to God. God, may your peace light up a very dark corner in my life. You ask God for peace, and it says that he'll give it. So the first gift was joy. The second gift was peace. Let me give you one more. The third gift that Jesus gives in this Christmas season is the gift of hope. That Christmas is about the birth of hope. Mary is carrying the, the, the hope of the world inside of her, and God wants to give birth to hope through her. And I would say that God wants to give birth to hope through each one of us who are gathered in this place. God wants to give birth to hope in you. See, what happens when God gives birth to hope in you? How can you tell? Well, one of the things is that you get a new sense of purpose. You know, we all want our lives to count for something, don't we? We, we, we feel like when we leave this world, we'd like to have made a difference. And I hear that regularly. I, I, I want my life to make a difference. I, I want to have a sense of purpose. Rick Warren wrote a book a few years ago, Purpose Driven Life. Some of you read it. And uh, I saw an ad in the Christmas season that said he had re-released it and that he had a couple of new chapters in it. I thought about the book. You know, that book sold 40 million copies. It's the second highest selling book in the history of printing next to the Bible. In fact, just a rule, of, just to kind of give you some perspective, you know, I wrote a book. His book sold nearly 40 million more than mine did. Did you notice the product placement in the video? I didn't do that. In fact, I didn't see it until after it was done, but I thought it was kind of cool. But anyway, so, so why, why did that book connect at such a level to so many people? Because the whole theme was, what on earth am I here for? And apparently millions of people connected and resonated with the idea that God has a purpose for them. And here's what I want to say to you this weekend, is that God's purpose for you is greater than any problems that you're going through. Some of you are going through problems right now. How do I know that? Because life is one problem after the next with a little gap in between, okay? You say, well, that's really cheerful for Christmas. Well, that's the way it goes. You have a problem, gap, problem, gap, and then teenagers. Okay, so that's just, it's kind of how it works. It's kind of how it works. And the problems that really get to you, the, the ones that you have a real difficult time with are those that don't make any sense. Why is this happening to me? Why is this happening to our family? This isn't fair. Where is God in all of this? See, if you can, if you can understand that there's a purpose behind a problem, you, you can get through it. But when you see no purpose, then that's where it's devastating. I want, to, I want to read a scripture that's one of my favorites, and also it's one of the most misunderstood scriptures in the Bible. It's Romans chapter 8 and verse 28, and it says this. We know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose. Great verse. Let, let me tell you what it doesn't say. It doesn't say all things work out the way that I want them to. See? I would imagine that if Mary could have scripted the plan, I'll bet it would have been different. Ladies, hang with me on this. Here was the plan. In the ninth month of pregnancy, Mary was going to walk and ride a donkey, the equivalent of going from Columbia 
to Charleston. How do you know that plan was not scripted by a female? Okay. Sometimes, sometimes life and situations don't work out the way that we want them to. That's not what this verse says. It also uh, doesn't say that all things will have a happy ending on earth. Because if you live long enough, you know that's not the case. You have to have a bigger perspective than that if you're going to deal with the issues that we deal with every day. Now, let's see what it does say. It says this. It says, we know, we know. It doesn't say we think, we hope, we imagine. No, it says we know. You can bank on this. We know. We know what? That God. It's saying that there's a grand designer, that you're not a product of fate. You're not just a random, you know, something that happened. There's no such thing, ultimately, as luck. There's a design. God's in charge. It doesn't say that God causes everything or that everything is good. We make mistakes, but God doesn't. God weaves them into his plan. So as we know that God causes all things to work together. Now, what are the all things? Are they the good things in our life? Sure they are. But do they include illness? Yep. Unemployment? Yeah. A miscarriage? Cancer? Bankruptcy? Your mate walking out? Just before Christmas? Yeah. Those are the all things. Those aren't good things. God didn't cause those things. But God causes, we know that God causes all things to work together. Doesn't say that they're good, but it says they work together for good. What does that mean? I'm glad you asked. I thought. Since this is a Christmas service, we'd have a Rachel Ray moment. Let's do some baking. Can we do some baking? So I, I asked her, I, I had this idea, and I, I told, listen, how many of you like food? Anybody like food? How many of you like cookies? I love cookies. How about sugar cookies? I like oatmeal raisin, but they're hard to make. Sugar cookies are easy. I thought, let's make sugar cookies together. And so I asked our team, I said, if I wanted to bake some cookies on stage and I want to be sugar cookies, how can we do that? So he said, it's easy. You get this roll of stuff. You know the roll? And you, that's not baking. Come on. Let's, let's go old school. I'm going to do it like mom did. All right? So I said, get me all the ingredients for sugar cookies. And they did. So let's go through them. All right? Because I love the taste of sugar cookies. This stuff ought to taste great. Let's taste some flour first. Shall we do that? Let's just get a little bit of that. That's like dry. It's not very good. Let's try this. This is uh, baking powder. That's just nasty. Okay? Let's try this one. It's baking soda. Let's get a lot of that. Tastes like toothpaste. I've never tasted that in a cookie. Let's chase that with a little sugar. I know I like that. Mm hmm. That's what I'm talking about. Butter. We're going to leave that one out. My doctor said don't do that. How about vanilla? I love vanilla. Do you guys like vanilla? You ever tasted it just like this? Just. That's not good at all. One more ingredient. How about an egg? Uh, watch this. Watch this. I used to do this professionally. 
I, I worked at Jack in the Box in college. One hand, look at that. I could, I could do them two-handed, two, one in each hand. That's pretty good. One crowd gave me a, an applause for that. Here, I'll tell you what we're going to do. I'll tell you what we're going to do. Just hold it. That's cheap. Don't do it if you don't mean it. Let's drink some of this. Shall we do that? <laughs> I'll wait till the 8 o'clock service. Okay. They've already had too much to drink. Okay, so, so, we've got, so we've got all of these ingredients. We've got all of these ingredients, and there's only one of them, sugar, that really tasted even close to decent. And yet if you mix them all together and put them in and get them real hot, put fire under them, then you ultimately get one of these. Can I tell you this is what I'm talking about right here? This is good. This is good. Wouldn't it be great if I just had an Oprah moment right now and everybody got a cookie that came from. <laughs> We're not going to do that. So what's up with all this? Well, let's see if we can understand that scripture a little bit better. See, God takes all of the ingredients that happen to us in life. Some of them are sweet, like sugar, and some of them are like baking soda or worse. They're bitter. They're bitter. And he, and he mixes them together. And out of it, he brings good, and he brings a sense of purpose, regardless of what the mix is. And it gives us hope. So how does that, how does that, um, how does that play out? I'll, I'll give you a personal illustration as fresh as this week. So on Thursday, we're in this auditorium. We're practicing for the Christmas Eve service, and um, and so we, we we got done. And I went over to my wife's office, and I went in, and I could tell you just you know how you, when you walk into a room, you can feel the temperature, and she, uh, it was tense. Uh, it, she'd been crying. Uh, something was wrong. And so I asked her what's up. And about that time, she got a phone call. And it was my daughter. I could tell it was one of my daughters. And it's one of those phone calls where you go, quick, get off. Tell me what's going on because it just wasn't good. She got off. She's crying. And I said, what's up? And it was Jenny, who's our youngest daughter. And she's pregnant right now with our 10th grandbaby. And she's 28 weeks along. And apparently her water broke. And... Um, and she was in an ambulance uh, going to MUSC. Now, it's a moment like that when life changes for you. You know, but before that moment, you're thinking about gifts, you're thinking about messages, you're thinking about all of that. In that moment, it's total focus. Every, we're, whatever we were doing before doesn't really matter. We've got a crisis here. What are we going to do? What are we going to do? I'll tell you what we did. So we, we prayed. We prayed fervently and we prayed specifically for an outcome. I pray, God, may your kingdom come. May your will be done. In your kingdom, there's no sickness. In your kingdom, babies go full term. In your kingdom, there's health. I, I want your kingdom to come and your will to be done. That's what I want. We prayed. And uh, then we get, got in our car, and we're headed toward the hospital as quickly as we can. And, um, you know, there's tears, there's questions, there's all these things. Well, we got a couple of miles from the hospital, and I said to Deb, I said, do you sense what I sense? I could tell that she did. And what I sensed and what I verbalized was a sense of peace, God's peace. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. 
Now, I want to go a step further in this. Uh, because as I sense God's peace and having walked with him for a while, my faith was not in outcomes. My faith was in God. I love the old song we sing in church. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. My hope wasn't built and isn't built on outcomes because outcomes don't always happen the way that you want them to on earth. Did I mention that every story doesn't have a happy ending on earth? And sometimes if your faith is strictly in outcomes, what you'll do is you'll have a difficult situation and it doesn't turn out the way that you think that it should turn out or want that it should turn out. And then you get angry at God and bitter at God and blame him when he didn't cause it. It's a result of somebody's mistake or sin or whatever. And because the outcome wasn't right, then you don't have hope and there's no sense of peace. So my faith wasn't in outcomes. I want a good outcome. We're praying specifically for that. But my faith is in God's omnipotence, his, his power and ability to do anything, but his omniscience also, which is the fact that he knows more than I could ever know, ever know. And I can be confident of this. In the midst of the situation, before we know an answer, I know that God causes everything to work together for my good, according to to his purpose and his plan. So where are we at? Um, things are actually pretty good right now. Jenny's in the hospital. It's amazing that, um, that technology can do what it can do. Uh, the doctor said that she will probably be a guest of MUSC for about the next six weeks. She's bored. There could be worse things than that. Uh, it's been back and forth. Um, in, in a service uh, before this one uh, yesterday, uh, a young lady came up to me in the hallway and said, take a good look at me. And I said, okay, uh, why should I do that? And she said, well, she said, I'm, I was born 23, 23 years ago at MUSC, and I weighed one pound, 10 ounces. And I said, you look great. I got to tell you something. You're, you're as fine a looking thing as I have seen ever, you know. It just bo boosted my hope and my faith. But, it, but in the midst of it, in the midst of it, I know. And we know that God weaves our mistakes, our hurts, everything into his plan. Now, there is one qualifier that's so important that I would be remiss if I didn't tell you about it. Because the verse says this, we know that God causes all things to work together for good for those who love God. For those who love God. See, that's only a promise for believers, those who are in God's family. Because all things do not work together for good for everybody in the world. In fact, if you're thumbing your nose at God, things are not working together for your good. The enemy of your soul, whether you believe in him or not, Satan, makes sure that things don't work together for your good. It's a promise for believers. It's a promise for believers. See, when you step across the line, and you go from being a seeker to a believer, then God welcomes you as a part of his family. He loves everybody, but not everybody is a part of the family. You have to receive the gift. And when you do, then he transforms even mistakes prior that you made into good. Mistakes that you'll make in the future and other people will make toward you. He mixes them up and uses them for your good and to become a part of the plan. So what's his plan for you? 
Jeremiah chapter 29, 11 says, I know what I'm planning for you, says the Lord. I have good plans for you, not plans to hurt you. I will give you hope and a good future. See, when God births hope in you, there's a new sense of purpose. God knew exactly what we needed this Christmas. He knew what you needed this Christmas. You needed the same thing they needed 2,000 years ago. You needed joy. You desperately wanted peace, and you needed hope. And he gave us Jesus. Romans chapter 15 and verse 13 says, May God, the source of hope, fill you with joy and peace through your faith in him. And then you will overflow with hope. I love that verse. It says God's the source. If you're a believer, he wants to fill you with joy, fill you with peace, that you would overflow with hope. Believers ought to be the most hopeful people on the planet. Our hope is not in Wall Street. Our hope is not in the White House. Our hope is not in a Mayan calendar. Our hope is in God, is in God. So here's the question. Have you received the gift? Have you received the gift? See, I don't know why you came this weekend. Some come a couple times a year. Some of you come regularly on the weekend. Some of you come out of habit. Some come out of a tradition. Some come because you wanted to hear the music, and I love the music of the season. Some of you came because somebody paid for a tank of gas for you and gave you a red card, you know, or a meal at a restaurant or a coffee at a coffee house. Some of you came because a relative or a friend cared deeply about you. They wanted you to hear some good news. See, I, regardless of why you think you're here, I know something. I know that you're not here by accident. I know that thousands of years ago, before you even existed, God knew that you would be here in this moment in a quiet place like it's quiet right now so that you would slow down enough for him to say, you matter to me. I have a plan for your life. I want to give you purpose and hope. I love you so much that I gave my son, Jesus Christ, so that you could have joy and peace and hope. See, I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about a relationship. You may be Catholic or Protestant or Jewish or Buddhist. I don't care. Here's the question. Do you have a relationship with the, with the God of the universe through Jesus Christ? That's what matters. Gifts of joy, peace of mind, and eternal life are wrapped up in him. You know, would you agree with me it's silly to have a gift that you never unwrap? Would you agree with that? I mean, tomorrow... All those kids you saw in that video, they're going to be at my house. They are going to rip the place apart. And can I tell you that there will not be one single gift under the tree that's left wrapped. There won't be a, oh, Papa, this one's pretty. Let's put it on a shelf. Or Papa, how about this one? I know I need to be older before I open that. Or Papa, maybe I need to get a bath and clean up before I open this one. I mean, that's crazy. They're going to open all of them because they know that a wrapped gift doesn't do anybody any good. So can I ask you, have you unwrapped the gift? Have you? Let's pray. Would you bow your heads? I want to talk to you just a minute. There are many of us in this room that are resonating right now 
with what I've talked about. There are some of us that there is a sense of stress rather than peace. There are some of us that we just wish that there was hope somewhere. There are many of us that feel like we're far from God rather than up close with God and in a relationship with God. In fact, for some of us, it's like, what does that mean? How can you be in relationship with God? Here's what I want to do. I want to pray with you. And I want you to walk into a relationship with God. If that's you right now, if I'm talking to you, would you just look at me just for a minute? Would you just look at me? I'm going to look over to the left-hand side of the auditorium. Would you just look up and just look at me just for a minute? Okay. All right, great. I want a relationship with God. There's a sense of I need hope. I need peace. And I certainly need joy. Okay. Okay. All right. Wonderful. Let's look in the middle section. Let's make eye contact. Okay. Okay. Great. Great. Awesome. 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 I'm going to look over here. Far right-hand section. Okay. All right. Great. Great. Fantastic. Looking over here. Okay. I want, I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. I want, I want to look up in the balcony. Okay. I'm just going to sweep across the balcony. Okay. I see. I can see you. Okay. All right. Up here. Wonderful. Okay. All right. Let me pray. God, I thank you for the good news of the gospel. I thank you for your kingdom that has come. Thank you for God, Emmanuel, who is with us. Now, God, we just pray and ask that you would reveal yourself to us. God, there are so many of us here that we desire to have a relationship with you, but we feel like we're on the outside looking in. God, I pray right now in this moment that there would be just a sense that you care and you know. That's why you revealed yourself tonight. God, we say to you right now, I want to walk with you. I want to know you. I don't understand all about it. I know I'm a sinner. And I thank you for Jesus Christ who made a way for me to be a part of your family. I want to be in your family forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.